Welcome to the Go Find Out Podcast. I'm Jennifer Jelliff Russell, author, speaker, and entrepreneur, bringing you actionable ideas and interviews with awesome women to help you pursue your dreams and achieve your goals. You can find more episodes of the Go Find Out Podcast by visiting gofindoutpodcast.com. Enjoy the show and go find out. Welcome to the Go Find Out Podcast, episode number 11. On today's show, I'll be interviewing visionary intuitive Kristaline Karaskakis about her experience of shifting from providing free intuitive services for friends and family to turning it into a business with both products and services. I really feel that Kristaline's experience of making such a shift can apply to many other fields as well. I know when I started a business as a resume writer, I initially struggled to make the switch from providing free resumes for everyone to treating my services as a business and charging clients, even friends and family, for creating professional resumes that got them interviews. So I found it really interesting to hear how Kristaline managed that switch. In my personal update, I'll talk wrapping up prepping the book launch for Bite Me and starting in on the third book in the series. I'll also talk about how the super fun experience of elections went last week. All right, on to my personal update. Oh my. So last week was pretty crazy. Um, So I'm the town clerk for our small main town and my husband and I ran the elections last Tuesday. Even without the pandemic, my husband and I tend to be hermits and rarely get together with large groups of people. So socializing for 12 hours during elections definitely took its toll on our energy levels. Normally, I would recharge by sitting around the next day with like a good book or, you know, binge watching some good Netflix or something along those lines. But instead, I've actually scheduled a socially distanced tasting for two chicks cocktails since I'll be interviewing the founder of those delicious cocktails in a can next week. So basically elections all day last Tuesday, and then we got for schnickered on Wednesday. Um, I was pretty useless by Thursday, so I mostly just wrote off the rest of the week, though I did on Friday get to interview the awesome Crystalline, so that was really fun. This week, I finally got everything wrapped up with launching my new book, Bite Me, the second book in the Artemis Necklace series, which is under my J.J. Russell pen name. So if you're into urban fantasy with a badass heroine, stick around at the end of this episode to hear the description for Bite Me. All right, enough about me, you guys. Let's get to the interview with Crystalline. In today's show, I'll be interviewing visionary intuitive Crystalline Karaskakis. Crystalline initially started a five-time award-winning children's events and entertainment business called Crystalooney's Creative Arts before feeling pulled toward the more intuitive areas of Reiki, angel card readings, and mediumship. Welcome to the show, Crystalline. Hi, how you doing? Great. I'm so excited to have you here today. Let's kind of get started with what actually got you into providing spiritual guidance or psychic readings. So my husband suffers from Crohn's disease and I really wanted to help him, you know, heal or be a part of his journey um, to recovery. So I studied Reiki, which is a form of relaxation. It's an energy healing. And from then it changed my life. As I would work on people, I would get flashbacks, almost like a movie trailer, of certain things that were significant in their life. So this doesn't happen to everyone, but it it almost like once I was attuned, it opened up my third eye and life's never been the same again. 
<laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Now, visionary intuitive, that's a pretty specific term I hadn't heard before. Can you tell me a little bit about that? The reason why I go by visionary intuitive is it encompasses more than just readings. Hmm. What I do is I incorporate my artistic abilities with my spiritual guidance, with my canvas creations, with body art, a whole bunch of stuff. I never know what the outcome is till the very end. So as I'm working, I'll visualize symbols or receive a download like a trailer to a movie and then I'll interpret them and see how they come and how they relate to a client or I will give them the symbol and let them decipher what that means to them in their life. So, yeah, I'm not really comfortable with the word psychic. Oh, okay. Um, it just gives a negative feel for me personally. So I just go by visionary intuitive because I feel like it's so much more than just looking into someone's um you know, to give someone some guidance. So what was it like initially starting out and initially started out, like you said, providing Reiki services. So what was it like starting out with Reiki services and then kind of moving into the angel readings? That That's a great question. With the Reiki, so I volunteered for around eight years and just did it here and there on loved ones and friends and my husband. And then I would incorporate angel cards. So I would just play. So what I would do is write the meaning on the cards and then practice with all my friends and I had them everywhere I went until I became so familiar with the meanings then I would create my own spin whatever I felt intuitively and then it became more natural the more I practiced so I created sessions where I would give Reiki healings as well as angel card readings. Hmm, okay. And I did that for a long time until I decided I wanted to do this more for a living. Because at the same time, you were still primarily focusing on the Crystal Looney's business, right? And then these were kind of on the side with friends and family. The Sorry, the Reiki services and the angel card readings were kind of on the side with friends and family, right? For free. Yeah. Yeah. So the last 12 years, um, I've been running Crystal Looney's Creative Arts, which, you know, we do face painting, kids' birthday birthday parties, body painting events, you name it. And then it kind of like started to merge in a way. I would, for example, do a henna ladies night and then I'd bring my angel cards and then we'd incorporate like this spiritual night where they'd get adorned with henna. And as I touched them, I would always get more information and it felt natural and people loved it. So I kind of like merged the two in a way and now now I'm focusing more on the spiritual aspect, but I still do have crystallinis. Was it difficult to kind of shift away from providing those free readings and, and Reiki services into actually charging people for it as a service? Yeah, it was. But what I learned, especially through Reiki, is there needs to be an energy exchange. Because when we fill up other people's cup, it's so important to fill our own or else we're going to become depleted. Or if we continue giving things away for free, then what ends up happening happening is you become resentful and then you don't enjoy what you're doing. Hmm. So it was difficult to charge, but I felt I had committed eight years to providing services for free that I was at a stage where I believed in um, my confidence had grown and I felt worthy enough 
to be able to charge and not feel guilty about it. Yeah. And I think that applies to fields that are even outside the spiritual readings kind of realm, simply because I think a lot of people provide services sometimes for free to friends and family. And then once they gain that that experience from those years of providing those free services, then it's like, oh, you know, I do feel, like you said, confident enough to be able to charge for these services now. What would you say that your biggest fear was when you were first starting out? And how did you kind of push past that? I think believing in myself, but also my biggest fear was even though I was getting information that was accurate or that I could not possibly know, I still would spin myself out. Like, oh my God, like it's still to this day, I surprise myself in regards to what downloads I'm getting. And by downloads, you mean when you're reading, right? Yeah, or like the information. So just a quick example, the first time I ever did mediumship was I was doing henna on a woman and when I touched her back, all of a sudden I felt the presence of a male that happened to be her brother, which I had no idea at the time, and I said, can you understand what feathers and the verse from the Old Testament means? And she started crying. And so basically what happened was every day her brother would kiss his wife goodbye under the architrave of the door in the kitchen and it had a verse from the Old Testament with a picture of a feather. And that day he went to work, he was quit, he was in a rush and they never kissed and he died in a car accident. So when this information came to me, I, I mean, I was 35 years old. It wasn't even as if, you know, I used to see dead people when I was younger, (laughs) you know, so this happened later on in life (laughs) after I studied Reiki. So yeah, so my biggest fear was also approaching or sharing the information with someone you know there's ethics involved you can't just walk up to people and give them readings randomly you you must ask for permission Mm. and to see if they're open to it you know there's so much involved it's not just hey sit down let's do a card reading or let's do some mediumship there's so much involved Mm. so when you very first made the shift to to charging for readings did you have to deal with any like naysayers or negative nancies that's such a great question um no basically what I did is I set an intention of the type of clients I wanted, Mm. the prices I want to charge, the times I wanted to work. I was in a place where I felt confident and comfortable with what I was offering and how I was working. And therefore, because I was at a heightened frequency, I could only attract that positive energy into my business. I I honestly, I feel like I've dodged a bullet regarding naysayers. And honestly, it's not my job to convince people what I do, that that's not what I'm about. If people are open to receiving, by all means, I'm comfortable with sharing. However, uh, if I feel like the they're too nervous or scared or negative, then I don't even entertain it. Uh, sorry, I take that back. If they're nervous or that does affect a reading because they have free will. Mm. But I mean, if people don't believe in what you do, they're not going to come to you, right? Yeah, exactly. You probably don't get, unless you're providing services to a small party of people and maybe one of them is skeptical. And my assumption is that you probably don't get anything off of them then. Uh, Yeah, that's a really good assumption. Actually, you're very right. When you asked the question, I was thinking more like one-on-one clients. But yes, if it's a group setting, the way I do my packages is whoever's hosting the group setting, everyone needs to know what what's involved so they're open to receiving and it's not about making money 
in regards to that. I only want the people who are open because that does affect the energy in the whole group. Mm. And if there is very, very minimal times this has happened, but if there is someone who is not open or they're wanting to test me, then I'll call them out and say, you know, are you open to this? Because if you're not, then I'll, I'll go on to the next person pretty much. And this might be somewhat similar to one of my previous questions, but what would you say that your biggest challenges were when you were very first starting out? You know, I the biggest challenge for me was changing my identity in a way because I was known for the award-winning company Crystalunis, you know, face and body artist, doing major events. And then to be known as more the visionary intuitive, the more spiritual guidance and and the services I provide. So that was really interesting because it was like I reinvented myself, Mm -hmm. but in a way I was honoring my true authentic self. So I think that was the biggest challenge. Um, one of the things we, we kind of chatted about the other day or prior to this interview was being sort of tuned in all the time. Do you have any best practices that keep you from being quote unquote on when you're not providing a reading? When we said before that there was so much involved with what I do, I actually will do a ritual if I know I have a client that day or I'm doing a bit a large event. So what I normally do regarding being on would be first of all I will ground myself where I may walk around bare feet I'll do a ritual I'll say a prayer I'll clear my chakras which are the seven major energy centers that we all have and then I I will do a sage I'll call in my guides God my loved ones and then maybe play some music and then I'll breathe and then I'm ready to begin. And I feel like that would be beneficial for people in kind of any business when they're getting ready to provide a service or speak with a client is to do something to pair. For sure. I think anyone can do that ritual regarding whatever they're doing in their life. For me personally, I feel it's all about from the moment you wake up, setting an intention And when I say being at a heightened frequency, I mean, if you allow yourself enough time to wash your face, meditate, maybe say a prayer, set an intention, then we're already starting the day off on a good note. Therefore, you're going to attract the positive in your life for that day. If you, for example, wake up in a rush and you've got no time and then you become real shitty and everything is like agitating you and you're grumpy and then you're driving to work and you're late then it's like an avalanche and then you're only attracting the negative so anyone can apply a little ritual for the day or an intention or an affirmation that's going to heighten them do you think that others could apply intuition into their own lives, even if they're not in the intuitive field? For sure. Everybody's intuitive. It's just a matter of if you are aware of it or you pay attention. So I say, you know, we all have an inner GPS and nobody knows yourself better than you. So when you hear a little message or you get a gut feeling for example when you hear that oh did I turn off the iron like go back into the bathroom check the bathroom check the bathroom and you ignore it well they say when you hear it more than three times then listen okay so perhaps that's something everyone can challenge themselves to do this week when they get that aha moment or a little gut feeling or a little voice that's saying, drive by, you know, that shop. And then they walk in and they see someone they haven't seen since they were in grade three, you know. So pay attention to that inner GPS. And then it's going to open doors for you 
only for the better. Only for the better. And it will help you with clients, with ideas, whatever it may be in your life. I think that's really good advice. What would you say is one habit that has helped you to be successful in operating your business? Honestly, I think it's just being my true authentic self. Like there's an affirmation, what people think of you is none of your business. And that's so true, whether it's good feedback or bad feedback. As long as you don't compare yourself to other people, and I'm going to go back to following that inner GPS. I just want to say a story about uh, the affirmation board, which was so, so important that changed my life because I listened to my inner GPS. I live on a main corner of a street and there's a stop sign. Nobody stops at it. They always go through it. They put me in danger every time I'm reversing out of my driveway with my family. I had an altercation with a man and then the next day I receive a message from my guides. I need to put a blackboard under the stop sign with an affirmation. That's all the information I got. So I honored that message and I listened to it. The next day I had an Ikea little blackboard. I put it under the stop sign and I wrote, it's not just a bad life, it's just a bad day. And then the next day, another affirmation and another. And it started rippling effect through the community where people were now stopping at the stop sign and paying attention and then getting inspired for the rest of the day. That's awesome. It, it is phenomenal. It's been four and a half years It's changed my life and many other people's lives. And that's all because I listened to that little voice, you know. So when you try not to control the outcome of things and sometimes you just let it be, then you're going to be pleasantly surprised. That's really cool. What do you think that you would have missed out on had you not pursued providing visionary intuitive services? Because it really sounds like you have made a lot of really amazing connections. And I don't mean in a business way connections, but like with just really cool people and gotten to help other people through your readings. That's been the, the most rewarding to know that perhaps I've been a part of someone's spiritual journey. Maybe they're wanting to pursue paying attention to their inner wisdom or perhaps someone's at a crossroads in their life and they don't know which way to turn. My readings are pretty much a confirmation of things that you already know. I'm not going to tell you something that's scary or very, very negative. I'm not interested in that. It's purely for the highest and best good of all involved. So whatever information I get, it's information that you can do something with. That's my bottom line. And that's how I work with my guides. And what advice would you give to our listeners who are interested in pursuing a business in the intuitive field? Yeah. um, So number one is spiritual hygiene. It's very important, like I mentioned before, setting intention, saying a prayer, cleansing, having a shower after a reading. I don't wear the same clothes the next day, uh, close down my chakras and start off small, you know, perhaps get a deck and then just practice reading with friends or ask for signs. This is major. When I say ask for signs, you could, for example, be thinking about opening a business. And you actually, this is a true story. I was wanting to expand and I asked my guides, I need a sign. I want to see the numbers 101 
or hear them within the next 24 hours. If I hear, see these numbers, then I know that I'm meant to do do this expansion. So the next day I go to the supermarket, the lady in front of me buys a newspaper and something else, and it was exactly 101. Oh, wow. And, and I go, excuse me, did you just say 101? <laughs> and the, and the, the lady looks at me and goes, yes. And I go, oh, my God, I asked for a sign and you just gave it to me. And then we started talking. She, I didn't even give a shit if she thought I was crazy. But she could, she could understand. But the moral of the story is be specific about what you want to see, whether it's a dragonfly. And then be open to any thoughts, feelings, or visions. It could be a picture of a dragonfly. You could be driving and it's dragonfly road. So, you know, it could be anything related to what you asked for. And journaling, journaling, expressing yourself, putting your ideas on paper, because the universe will give you ideas. But if you don't take them, they're going to give them to someone else. I've run into that with writing before. So yes, <laughs> with writing books, because uh, I write novels. See, have you read Big Magic? I have not yet, but I do want to. In that, that's what she says. You know, people have come up to her with eat, pray, love, and people have said to her, you've stolen my idea. And she's like, no, if it was meant to be yours, you would have written the book. Yes. So of course, like right now with coronavirus, you know, still out and about, I'm assuming it must be difficult to, you know, provide readings in person. Are you able to provide readings like online? Absolutely. So actually before Corona, my husband had surgery a few years ago. So I stopped doing Reiki and readings in person, uh, one-on-one sessions. So I started going virtually a few years ago. Oh, okay. So for me, it's a hand in the glove. I'm continuing working every day. So I offer virtual group sessions where it could be 10 or more people or one-on-one Zoom sessions where I do readings. And I don't have to be in person. It's all about energy. So I could read someone in another country, another state. They do not have to physically be in front of me. And it's it's the exact same information. Would you be able to like read me? Absolutely. Let's play. All right. So basically what will happen is I'll get a deck of my cards and I'll shuffle them. And and these are the angel cards, right? No, these are actually the affirmation for the soul. It's a deck that I created for people who are just wanting to learn, you know, about readings and they're self-explanatory cards. Very, very easy. Mm. So the first card that you get from the affirmation for the soul deck is take time to make your soul happy. So this is about you honoring what it is that fulfills your soul so for example we could be an accountant but then our passion is decorating and so Mm. perhaps you know it's time to plant a seed where you'll continue working what you're doing with insurance uh, you know security having a a full-time job but maybe you want to start on the side taking photos of things you've decorated, putting it on Facebook, and then starting to build a following, and then eventually merge into what it is that's going to fulfill your soul, Mm. you know? Yeah. So that's from that deck. And then there's another deck, um, Messages for the Soul. And on the back of these cards have the actual meanings to make it easier for people who are reading them. So two cards flew out for you. Okay. And we call it piggybacking when you're reading a card and then the following one relates almost to the first. Mm, Okay. So this is a completely different deck that pretty much has 
the same meaning, pay attention to your dreams. What is it that you want to pursue? So perhaps you've got a full-time job, but your passion is writing Mm. and it's focusing more on that aspect of your life. Mm -hmm. And then a blessing in disguise comes up, which is what appears to be a problem is going to be part of an answered prayer. Hmm. So for example, there could be a pandemic coming, right? (laughs) Right. And through that pandemic, it seems negative and very bad, but then you've got all this time to do things perhaps you never would have been able to do, or you get a download of an idea of a new book that you start to write and it ends up being a bestseller and it takes you all over the world. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about having faith in the process. Okay. The two decks of cards that you just used, are those only for you use? Do you have cards like that that people could purchase if they wanted to try to get into readings? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my website's getting updated. It should be ready next week for people to purchase those cards. Mm, Okay. Or they can check me out on Facebook, Crystalline Visionary Intuitive, and they can PM me. But I did just come out with an awesome deck of inner warrior oracle cards. And they come with a booklet, a sticker and a crystal for $40. And they're fantastic. It's basically all the tribes that I've ever met in my life. These warriors are symbolic of each one of those women that have empowered me or I've empowered them and I've created it into a powerful deck. And anyone can use these decks, anyone, whether you've never read or you have before. That's great. So you mentioned where people can find you on Facebook, which is great. Do you have any events coming up that people can join you for since you do some stuff online? Yeah, I have one coming up on the 30th of July, which is a mediumship demonstration with six other mediums together we've united and we've created a fundraiser for a dear friend of ours karen de stefano who has battled cancer three times oh wow so yeah the tickets are only 29 dollars. it's on zoom basically it will be a bunch of people and then we'll begin to read one medium at a time and give messages from departed loved ones. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's coming up. And then I have a lot of private sessions where I'm doing galleries for families, friends, corporations, or um, workshops on, you know, how to make a dream catcher, vision boards, how to do a mandala and stuff like that. Do you provide any kind of training for people one-on-one if they want to get into readings, if they want to get more into the spiritual side and sort of open that side up to themselves? Do you provide like mentorship? or anything like that? I don't provide the mentorship bit yet. I feel in the future, I'll definitely be providing that. However, what I do provide is a guide, like I can mentor someone regarding how to read the cards Mm. and what's Mm -hmm. involved. So very small workshops, and that's for beginners. So yes, that's available. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because that is definitely where I'm headed to eventually teach. And I'm currently working on a book at the moment. Mm. That's going to be a practical guide. Oh. You know, what's involved in my everyday life, some stories from clients, stories from how I got started, what I do, how I incorporate my passion projects with my intuitive work. Okay. Um, If anybody wants to know any more information, just go to crystalline.com. And I also have a documentary 
on my website, a little piece of magic that was shown at Bowtie Cinemas last year. Oh, nice. Yeah, feel free to check that out or send us a message if you want any guidance. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. What a blessing. Yeah, super fun. That was such a fun interview. Even if you're not a believer of mediumship or angel card readings, I really felt like Crystalline had some really great information and advice on how to handle the switch to charging for services. I personally feel that affirmations have really helped me to stay more positive and also more productive. So I really like that Crystalline has a deck of affirmation cards for the soul. I'll drop a link to her overall website so that you can check them out along with her new inner warrior cards. One thing that really stuck with me after our interview was when Crystalline said that in any business that there needs to be an energy exchange, and that when we fill up other people's cups, then we need to have our own cups refilled or else we'll feel depleted. In business, it's about providing a service for a fee, right? So if you don't charge your clients something, then you're not refilling your own cup. Even for like our small farm, there's an energy exchange. People pay for our veggies or they'll exchange other products with us like eggs or homemade lip balm. Even with a trade like that, there's an energy exchange that helps maintain a balance. As another example, when I had my resume writing business, if I didn't charge someone for a resume or if I felt that I had undercharged them because I didn't realize the whole scope of the project, then I absolutely had a feeling of resentment toward those clients. It felt like they didn't have a sense of of appreciation for the service that I was providing them. There was also the issue that when I provided a resume for free for someone, they seemed to feel that the product wasn't at the same level as a product they paid for, even though that wasn't actually true. When I worked at a nonprofit and provided free resume writing services, I experienced the same issue. Many clients felt that because they were getting a free resume, that the resume couldn't possibly be as good as one that they'd paid for from for-profit services, even though there was ample evidence from the uptick in interviews they received from the free resume that I wrote them. So the simple truth is that people will inherently give more value to something that they've paid for. They are also more likely to actually follow through with advice if they paid for it than they would if that advice or consultation were freely given. So if you have products or services and have been hesitant to begin charging for them, then keep in mind that your clients will actually find your products or services to be more accurate or helpful if they've paid for them. Basically, clients will have more respect for your services or will be bigger believers in your products if they've exchanged money for them. Part of this phenomenon is based on cognitive dissonance, which is a fun psychology term. They have to believe in those services or face the possibility that they gave money away for free. The bottom line is that you know that your services or products are worth the amount that you're charging. So make sure that you are getting paid what they're worth or you may start to burn out or feel resentful of your clients. All right, I will get off my soapbox about making sure that you get paid. (laughs) I hope that you guys enjoyed today's interview with Crystalline. Tune in next week when I interview Megan Hanna, the founder of Two Chicks Cocktails. These are so awesome, guys. They are delicious cocktails in a can from a company that that aims to increase communication and cooperation between women to foster women's empowerment, which how cool is that? And if you want to enjoy a refreshing Two Chicks cocktail while you listen to next week's episode, I highly recommend the Sparkling Vodka QT, which is a vodka with peach and cucumber tea and thyme cocktail. You guys, so delicious. I think that might be my favorite one. (laughs) Stick around for the description of Bite Me, the Artemis Necklace Series Book 2 by my alter ego, JJ Russell, available everywhere ebooks are sold and as a version on Amazon. My name is Vianne Vanatori. I'm a vampire hunter, and I'm totally screwed. I risked my life against vampires to get the Artemis necklace, and now it doesn't work. 
To figure out why its powers have faded, Jax, my annoying hunter mentor, has sent me to Ricketts, Maine, in search of a witch named Rosalind, who he thinks can fix the necklace. Only, Ricketts isn't exactly a normal town. Along with witches, it's home to hot werewolves, angry trolls, and at least one mysterious vampire. And the cherry on top? The town is dealing with a series of murders that definitely weren't committed by a human. Instead of getting in and out of town unnoticed, I'm coerced into a deal with a werewolf to help uncover who the murderer is in return for an introduction to the witch, Rosalind. And because my life isn't complicated enough, I can't let on that my great and powerful vanatory abilities aren't working. I'll just have to rely on my faithful hellhound ramble to keep me safe while I investigate the murders and hope that vampires don't catch up to me in the meantime. Easy, right? Bite Me is the second book of the Artemis Necklace series and follows Vian and Ramble as they encounter new supernatural creatures and learn that not everything that goes bump in the night is a monster. Thanks for listening to the show today. I hope you found the information beneficial and that it helps you tackle your own go-find-out goals. You can find more episodes and the show transcripts at gofindoutpodcast.com. You can also let me know what you thought of the show by tweeting me at GFO Podcast or follow me on Instagram at GoFindOutPodcast. That's it for today. Now go find out.